dad of the family like that's his job he represents people like that <laughs> he's in the police academy <laughs> he's in the that's police academy yeah when are they gonna <laughs> reboot the police academy movies yeah yeah it's time for that that is very much i think we got to get out ahead of this i think we need to get the police academy reboot script <laughs> all going. female reboot all female reboot no offensive <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this is ruining my childhood yeah exactly <laughs> this is ruining my very messed up childhood <laughs> that was unhappy because i had to watch the police academy movies <laughs> My dad made me watch them over and over. But I'm pretty sure that they went into like the 2010s. <laughs> like I, th- I think that they went far beyond. Are you saying that you can't reboot something that happened in the 2010s? No, no, we can we're definitely almost, reboot we're that. We're closing the book on this decade. Oh God! And what a fucking cursed decade it's been. It's been pretty awful. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's not been a good one. It opened with chill wave and then went down from there. It's just yeah. like ugh. I pine for the days of chill wave. <laughs> well, that I makes love, one of us. I would, I would love more chill wave on the airwaves. <laughs> Washed out was great. Still yeah, is. agreed. Yeah. Amor Fati maybe is up there with some of my favorite songs of the decade. Wait, did you guys see did you guys see the, the press conference that Prince uh Prince Andrew just Prince had? <laughs> I'm He's just like, like, I could not have been on Jeffrey Epstein's <laughs> salubrious island i was committing incest (laughs) i was very busily talking up my cousin rather than riding his fuck carousel (laughs) Uh, i was shopping for diapers at harrods there's nothing (laughs) wrong with diapers diapy rights harrods diapers section hashtag diapy rights (laughs) ho-hum i've been watching downton and it's the fucking jam i love it that is one of that is actually one of like the most uh, progressive diaper rights agendas of any of the shows. <laughs> that show. Every every cast member is wearing a diaper in every scene. <laughs> yeah, and every audience member. <laughs> <laughs> I got really sick of it. When it just like became clear that like in no way was anybody in that show ever going to experience actual suffering in pain. a way that pain that wasn't like gilded out of existence to me, which I mean like something bad happens but then they're just like immediately cut to a scene where like something really affirming happens yeah it's like you can't like entourage. just <laughs> <laughs> it sounds the same as entourage yeah it's 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 entourage for npr listeners <laughs> <laughs> and it has similar similarly like Vinny chase can never nothing bad can ever really happen to him like every yeah. episode was like oh is a horrible thing gonna happen it's about to no he's all right nah. <laughs> he's all right everybody it's Hollywood for you. Beat the rap. <laughs> Ari came through in the end. Oh, God, <laughs> Turtle got a hand job out of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> We've got him in I'll studio fu- right now. I'll take a fucking hand job if that's what's on offer. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll take a hand job. Not too picky. I'll take a hand for the team. I'm homophobic. Watch out. <laughs> That show sucks so much ass. <laughs> we all really we watched it. We all watched it together. Uh, like, I, I still maintain. I think the first few seasons. Well, I don't know. Watching it again, seasons. Were I don't know what's going to happen. There's but. fewer things were available to us. I think in those days. Yeah, I feel like it was a good show. Maybe not. I don't like know. The first few seasons. How's Ballers? Starring there, there. Dwayne, Dwayne the Johnson. Dwayne, Dwayne the Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne the Johnson. Dwayne the Bald Johnson. <laughs> I think he should run for president. I straight up, yeah. at this point, <laughs> nothing fucking matters. <laughs> Bloomberg <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> Bloomberg Rock 2020. I would love to see him like... <laughs> he just like... Do the like, Bane spine break move. <laughs> Bloomberg. Just I am tear president him in half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like Death Race 2000. If you kill Mr. President, you become Mr. President. That's, I, that's the rule. <laughs> I abolish the race. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. What's up? And Raphael Ruttenberg, ESQ. Hey, awesome. Right, this is off to a great start. Yeah. Um, so welcome everybody. Uh today we're oh, not Oh wait, Sam is here too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam 
is com- telecommuting in via his the astral plane, his psychic vibe machine. <laughs> so Sam's orgo and accumulator. What's up, Sam? How you doing? Well, yeah, what's up, Sam? So yeah, so this week it's our holiday. Welcome to our holiday special. Uh, we are. It's Simcastora. <laughs> God, we couldn't record on Simcastora because my block is so loud. It's fucking bonkers. Wait for real? Yeah, it's insane. Um. Anyway, welcome to our holiday special, guys. This week, we thought as a very special treat, we would answer some of your written in and tweeted at questions about the show and other stuff. Yeah, I got to say, as the Robot House Pod social media manager, I was not expecting this much hate mail. <laughs> I got kind of surprised. We get more hate mail than we have listeners. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. I'm not really sure how to explain that. I think we've been like quoted by, you know... Various conservative <laughs> news outlets. Stephen Miller, Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell. Bertrand. <laughs> How dare you? Bertrand Russell. Stalin. How dare you? Right, at Stalin. At, at Stalin. At, uh, what's his name? At Steven Seagal. <laughs> at Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> at, at Mohammed bin Seagal. So... Um, yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to answer some of your questions and, um, hopefully, you know, this will be a wanted break from your holiday time with your family. Now you're with your, <laughs> you're with your new family. Wait, what <laughs> holiday is this? I probably Christmas. I think so let's just say fucking Christmas then. Oh yeah. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. So this is what our, is this, this is welcome to <laughs> war, yeah. war on the war on Christ. <laughs> latte sipping. Yeah. Poop. Okay. So, no, sorry. Okay. I'm just kidding. Holiday special. Yeah. Edamame so, hummus eating. <laughs> what is edamame hummus? That sounds real gross. Sounds good. Sounds real good. I'm not sure if it's hummus studied with edamame or if it's just ground up edamame. I think it's just ground up that edamame. Sounds, that sounds bad. Wait, it's that just mushy bad. peas, which are great. That's not great. I don't know if great is the word I'd use to describe them. Yeah, I wouldn't describe anything. <laughs> mostly <laughs> mostly edible. Yeah. <laughs> Mildly tolerable. <laughs> All right. So our first question is from at Applesauce Jerry. And uh, he said, how did the show start? Yeah, I don't know. I have two versions of this story, which is one was Sam and I were arguing over the plot of Arrival and whether or not communicating something through time constituted a violation of causality. Mm-hmm. And Sam was pretty wasted and he got... <laughs> really intransigent about it (laughs) and my roommate was like laughing her ass off was like dying and was like you guys should you know what this is terrible so that was that was the story was that like sam was an intransigent shithead with me over the plot of arrival and uh i still constitute that that movie is not scientifically sound wait this is sam lazarus (laughs) (laughs) is being truculent about something yeah (laughs) i don't know um yes, yeah this is fake not, origin fake, story, fake news no no this is legit this is absolutely <laughs> true all right next 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 up. question from at my best friend's balls <laughs> who are these people <laughs> who are these people we have, who are, we have some who, fucking who sick us. weirdos like have you read the comments on our itunes page we're just no, like of course not i don't know i think they're all from former students of mine okay so <laughs> at my best friend's balls do you have a favorite sci-fi movie or book? Um, no. I, I'm going to throw this to Alan. No. <laughs> he threw it right back. I, I equally hate I them do all. Not, do not. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, so, I'm going to get serious for a second. Sorry. I don't have a favorite sci-fi book, and I think it's that's on me. I okay. don't really read a lot of sci-fi. I remember enjoying it, and I'm probably just like blanking it. I guess maybe, is, this, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a cop-out? No, that's great. Okay, that's it. That's that. I guess that one. It's. I mean, it's fucking and hilarious. Like Foundation's it's really good too, but there's like twenty of them, and they're boring, <laughs> and they're kind of boring, but they're kind of good. I don't know. I mean, all the the first Dune, Dune. Dune was good. I think Dune has aged miraculously well, and I think it's because you can sort of entirely discount the David Lynch thing or the movie as like its own thing, so it doesn't oh, really. Yeah. You don't have to like it doesn't terribly interfere with canon, and it's kind of cool to watch as an artifact, but it doesn't sort of fuck with the the kind of coolness of the novel and i think that the book itself i don't know why it's aged so well but like I, for some reason yeah i 
when we post shit about Dune, it gets the most interaction. Like I, I love Dune. Um, like two thousand one, yeah. Two thousand one is your yeah. fave? Yeah, I could see that. That's a, <coughs> a I, dumb okay. answer, though. Arthur Clarke, the book. No, I haven't read the book. I don't read. Oh. I think my favorite piece of sci-fi, like writing, probably Neuromancer or The Man in the High Castle, are both pretty classic. Um, yeah, I think The Man in the High Castle is literary in a way that very few genre novels are in in a way that very few literary novels are it's it captures something psychedelic on the page that's pretty amazing and there's something about the the point of view that philip k dick has of the sort of uncertain nature of reality that i love and the way that all the possibilities that could arise from our present moment sort of speak to each other i think that's something that's really cool so yeah that's what i would say awesome good wreck yeah in terms of, i mean in terms Sounds of like some favorite movie like, I got to say, I don't know if this counts. This also feels like a cop out, but Neon Genesis Evangelion. No, totally counts. That, like, I think that that is one of the most. I, that, I don't think I, my mind has bl- been blown that much by any other you yeah, know, I still science haven't, fiction artwork. I still haven't watched that. I started watching the first like five episodes of Neon Genesis and then maybe it's the a, first it's eight. A, yeah, it's like a, slow, like, it's a yeah. slow build, but then you, you appreciate why the build was slow because what you get out of the last few episodes is not something you're going to get anywhere else. And it's worth, it's, it's worth it. And also death race 2000, like, like <laughs> an unfathomable level of dumbness <laughs> and it could only work in a sci-fi context. It's just like, it's so perfectly stupid and just a, it's a treat to watch. I've seen that movie a bunch. It's like 70 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's on YouTube. It's 70 minutes long. It is incomprehensibly stupid. Like the movie contradicts itself multiple times where it's like they practically are saying the wrong names for the characters. Um, what death race? Yeah. 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 Well, we covered it on the and, show. Go back and listen to the episode. Yeah. Guys. Listen to the episode guys. If you like death race, and 2000. listen to the other episodes. Yeah. They're all great. Multiple times. And, and by white Claw because they're <laughs> our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Alan. But not White Claw Black Cherry. That we refuse to be sponsored by White Claw Black Cherry. <laughs> yeah, that flavor is on our shit really list. <laughs> um, for me, I think favorite sci-fi movies probably Dark City is is high on my list. That's a good one. Yeah, I think obviously it references a bunch of classic cinema stuff, and like it's unfortunately undercut by the fact that The Matrix came out a year later. But I think that the world that Dark City posits is in a lot of ways more interesting than the world of the matrix. Like it's, I don't know. It's surreal. It's sad. It's a beautiful movie. I think the reason it wasn't as popular is probably because Rufus Sewell is not a very convincing hero. Um, but Jennifer Connelly is in it. She's great. And, uh, yeah, I would say go see dark city. That's pretty high on my list. The faculty is another fave sci-fi movie. It's so dunsley, but I think it's, we'll do it on the show sometime. I haven't seen that. It's like a invasion of the body snatchers in like a '90s high school, and it's got Usher and John Stewart, and it's it's fucking classic. Wow. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Wow. Um. Oh wait, I can I can do a book. Yeah. Uh, I'll do it in reverse order. Um. Hard boiled Wonderland and the End of the World. Oh hell yes. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. Any Murakami that sort of bends into the uncanny or like weird fiction, hard support. Right. It's all of his books. Right. Almost all. All right, so I'm going to throw another question out there from Chewbacca at ChewbaccaWookie99. What are some of your least favorite sci-fi tropes and devices? Star Wars. Wait, is that a trope? <laughs> Star, Star, Star Wars is Star sort Wars. of a trope at this point. Yeah. <laughs> get, a, get a different childhood. <laughs> I got some yeah. pet peeves. Just very broadly, like the type of science fiction, um, and luckily we don't do a lot of movies that do this, but where it's just like, it's very affirming of people's uh, beliefs and preconceptions. Like we're just like you're being pandered to in a way to like, you know, in a moralizing way. It's like, we're going to tell you a story. We're going to like, you know, uh, paint a picture. Like here's a fantasy, which reinforces uh, you, your, your presuppositions, your prejudices, your biases, instead of challenging you to think differently. And, you know, it's not a trope. It's just like something that I think that there's a tendency to do in a lot of things in science fiction, especially. And so that that annoys me. I tend not to like stuff like that. It's like you know, step outside your comfort zone a little bit in in, in the world of fiction. It's okay to do it. Yeah, I think the trope that bugs me the most that we've been watching, actually, especially for this season, is like in a post-apocalyptic world, 
people thinking that like somehow the individual coming through it is really what matters <laughs> when like you know yeah. like when we watch water world or when we yeah. watch mad max or something like that and it's like yeah this guy survived and it's like well your whole civilization survived is and fucked. thrived and he's like in his element in the like this post-apocalyptic wasteland yeah and it's like the presumption is like most people are dead or suffering miserably but here's this dude who's great and i would be just like kevin costner with my like gills yeah my, like cherry rigged super boat that like has like fucking cable for some reason yeah way to go it's like has like netflix on it yeah <laughs> uh this one is for all of us but i feel like it's better for alan so at circumcision underscore kills asked <laughs> do you think the universe is deterministic um i thought they were gonna ask about circumcision <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah uh it's complicated ties into another question i think but there's two theories of or there's two interpretations of quantum mechanics one is like the copenhagen interpretation in which when a particle is a quantum particle is observed it collapses and there's some probability that it's going to collapse in different uh ways and so there's no way of controlling the way that it collapses right so in the copenhagen interpretation the world is not the universe is not deterministic and then the other interpretation that's becoming more popular now is the many worlds interpretation in which every time like a quantum particle is observed or or interacts with anything is that the universe there, there are these probabilities that the quantum particle is going to quote-unquote collapse into different states and the universe actually splits off in all these different ways and so if you think about it that way the universe is, is deterministic again right there's certain probability if it's if it's a fifty percent probability that it's going to split one way, split one way, twenty percent another way, thirty percent another way, you could think of it like there's fifty universes. Just yeah, for listeners. that's right. <laughs> yeah, for our subliterate, <laughs> mathematically demented <laughs> man children. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let Alan talk. Um, Sorry. Do you could think of it like there's fifty universes that split off? You know, where the quantum particle collapses one way, there's 20 where that's put off where it collapses this other way, and there's 30 where it's um, collapsed this other way, right? And so the universe is deterministic again in that sense, right? What you don't know is sort of like what path you're going to take down, uh, right, down all, through all this splitting. Um, and I'm more of a fan of the... Um, uh, many worlds interpretation. So I'd say think the universe is deterministic, but there's still uncertainty in your life because you don't know what path you're going to take, I guess, through this landscape. Also, I mean, the universe is like, we don't have a theory of everything yet. So there could be things that are still not deterministic. So yeah, that's where I land. Raph, what do you got? Is the universe deterministic? Yeah. I mean, like I have a slightly different approach to this. Like it's, you know, I tend to think yes, you know, I mean, based on Alan, just based on Alan, what you said right now, I'm going to say yes, because I agree with Alan. Yes. Um, but like also the sense that, you know, you could, you could ask that question, is the universe deterministic in a way that has any bearing on all at all whatsoever? And like in the sense of determinism in which we would operate, is it deterministic? And I think the answer to that might be no, like it might be deterministic in the sense that, as you explained, things would only happen a certain way um, on a submolecular level, but in the other sense of, is there any, is there any way in which this is, you know, cognizable? <laughs> is there any way we can know this? Is there any way this can have any predictive function whatsoever? Right. Never mind even getting to like something like, um, you know, like do how, us exercising choice. Like, is there any, is there any way to connect these threads? And I think that probably no. And even if taking the other way, and we talked about this on another episode, even taking sort of like longer way around, which is like if the idea of a term deterministic universe gained widespread currency, and this is something that just sort of like became part of the like the uh, general, you know, co social consensus that this is the truth, like would this have any impact, impact on ethics and how people interact with each other, ethics and morality? And I think probably not too. I just, I think we're wired not to, not to like, have that be have that bear upon our actions yeah i think that was a conversation we had in the in the minority report episode for sure and i thought it was really interesting because i'd never thought about the impact of sort of viewing the world deterministically that that would have on our conception of morality ethics right and wrong and things like contracts or you know 
I don't know, any kind of, basically any kind of binding agreement. Um, it's interesting that you went to contracts. I'm not really sure. <laughs> like, well, because if we live in a deterministic universe, what's the fucking point of me having a contract with like you? A it's already contract any kind a, of contract, right? A legal contract, a social contract. I mean, all right, it's all been determined, that's right? That's an interesting example to pick. I, I think that that's, yeah, sure. Well, I think you're, right. I think you're yeah, I I'm, agree. I'm going to throw credit to Dr. Ben Abelson on this one because he was the one who said it, I think. Okay. Um, and, and I thought that that was a really interesting idea and I was sort of like, huh, so, so basically that we're hardwired to view the world as not being deterministic whether or not it is, right? Which is essentially the, the sort of synthesis of your two points, right? It's like, we, we don't know what thread we're on, but every thread of this sort of infinitely branching universe is in some way deterministic, but it's completely uncognizable. Well, no. I mean, so I think there's like the classical sense of determinism and like neither interpretation of uh, quantum mechanics is the same as that, is similar to that. So the the, the classical sense of determinism is simply like, like before people knew what quantum mechanics was, they just thought, well, yeah, I mean, like you, you set the universe in motion and like everything, you know, you can predict how everything's going to, going to go. Um, if you had like a big enough computer or something. Um, but in the many worlds interpretation, like you really don't know what path you're taking. So you're going to take through, through these, these infinitely splitting universes. So like, even if you could say, even if you could somehow build a computer or something that determine like how the universe is going to split, you would never know like for, you know, the next hundred years, you never know what path you were going to take through this, through these universes. Right. So, um, there's still uncertainty to you, you know, but that is probabilistic. Like there's still no sense in which you, um, seem to have any control, right. Uh, over this, right. Yeah, and and for listeners of the show who don't have any sort of science background, um, the you know the many worlds interpretation comes from this dude Everett, and I guess it's also like the Everettian view. Yeah. Um, and Everett was actually the father of E from the band Eels. Yeah. <laughs> e from Entourage. No. Uh, <laughs> but Boy, I recently realized was also in um. <sighs> What's that? What was that HBO show? Love. Love. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, that's good. But I guess I I tend to sort of to <laughs> to answer. <laughs> we should have yeah, we should have done that one first. Well, we maybe. can we can edit okay, it. Okay, all right. Yeah, so to answer <laughs> at circumcision <laughs> underscore kills. <laughs> um, <laughs> to answer your question, I don't tend to think that it's deterministic because you the, don't like it. I don't, well, first of all, yeah, I don't like it. And also because there's like, who's to say that we don't have some sort of agency over which thread or percentage uh, we end up on. But here's the problem, right? What's like, what is the mechanism by which one would have any agency over that? Who knows? I mean, you know, again, and this gets into. (laughs) No, I mean, if, I mean, if the only, it seems to me that the only, the only real way of, I mean, and, and Ben got into this, right? The only way that that would be possible is if somehow consciousness is not material. Exactly. <laughs> or that, yeah, that there's, that consciousness actually has some kind of mechanism that we just have yet to really understand. Has some mechanism by which it can shake loose its, it, the way in which the laws the, of physics affect everything else. So in consciousness the is part of Ottman. It's I part mean, of the essential all one being that is, <laughs> that is undergirds even the most fundamental precepts of the universe. Yeah, I mean... Are you sure you're Shinto and you're not like <laughs> Vedic or something? <laughs> um, yeah, well, so the, that guy, David Chalmers, who's... Uh, this right. doesn't sound like a belief so much it is like as like an idea. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's it's basically something Burn. like... Yeah, you're... Oh, you're no, I, I don't know sorry. that it's a belief or an idea. I think it's a desire really to, to cut it... Okay. To its barest sort of core is like I right. I find the idea of living in a deterministic universe a little bit sad. Um, okay. For whatever stupid it's reason, tantalizing that it could not be that way. Yeah, and and it's I think a, no, it's not a stupid reason, but it you know it's a 
but it's not a very scientific or logical reason. It's it's desire, right? Like I yeah. would I would prefer to live in a yeah. in a universe that's not deterministic. But also, I, I want to live. I want to uh, be a little bit like uh, more precise about this because I think what you don't like is not whether or not we live in a is that what you have qualms with is not determinism versus non-determinism, but control over lack of control, which is not really the same thing. But like when agency you, over lack of agency. But when you boil it down, your agency in a lot of ways, when you examine it, is a function of all of the elements that happened before you, which is deterministic, right? Actually, let me just put it this way. Is there anything I could tell you that would convince you beyond all doubt, beyond all doubt, that you do not have agency over your life? No. There you go. Cool. So does it matter if the universe is deterministic or not? I guess not. There you go. Yeah. All right. Cool, you heard it done. here first, <laughs> folks. We did it. Okay. We cracked it. Philosophy <laughs> solved. <laughs> next. All right. What's next? From, after philosophy. From English literature. Go on, at nine eleven truth org, is faster wait, than wait, light no, travel possible? It's nine eleven dash nine dash eleven death dash truth org. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All okay. right. <laughs> yeah. From you could have dashes in hand. Yeah. So uh, apparently, um, yeah. <laughs> so apparently, this is what real <laughs> <laughs> is faster than light travel possible? No. Next question. Oh yeah, I saw. Yeah, Sam was talking about. Sam this was talking about this. So fucking insane. No, I mean, so he has he has a point, but it's not like what you would think when you say faster than light travel. So basically, the way to explain it is that you cannot travel faster than light within the fabric of space time. But space-time is expanding. So a point that's very far away can be traveling away from you faster than the speed of light. Because space-time is because expanding. Because the space-time is expanding too. Right. Oh, so you're... Right? I see. So it's... Yeah, it's both... I understand. The speed and the distance yeah. are both changing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sure. And there's like two speeds. They add up, basically. Right. Yeah. Can you like do this uh, with a simile with like bicycles or trains or something or help a guy out? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like if you were biking yeah, down a road sure. and as you were biking, the road was also getting longer, ma- thus making you further so away. You biking while you're high. Because <laughs> 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 that's happened. Yeah, that's that's a good example. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just like, so you're going twice as fast as you were going because the distance between you and me is doubling, but it's not all because of how fast you're pedaling. It's because the road is also getting longer somehow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. That's why That's why I earned the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be doubling, right? Right. No, it, it could be it, any. Two, yeah, two speeds are adding up, but yeah. Cool, but but in terms of faster than light travel, like within yeah, within space time, you can't travel faster than the speed of light, right? So if you're trying to get some place that is fifty light years away within space time, can't can't take you less than fifty years to get there. Even right. if you found like a uh, you know, there like wormholes oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, right. There's wormholes. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you go through a wormhole. Um, but our understanding of wormholes is that. First of all, no one's ever seen a wormhole. But if they could exist, it seems like they would uh, need negative mass to um, keep them open for okay. long enough to get through them. And we don't know of any such negative mass in the uh, in the universe. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to discount it, but doesn't seem possible. Also, doesn't it violate causality if you travel somewhere faster than the speed of light? Like, doesn't doesn't time have to basically contract once you expand, once you get there, to sort of make up for the time that it should have taken you to travel there? I don't know what you're talking about, but... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, like, let's say I went through a wormhole and landed somewhere 50 light years away. Mm-hmm. When I got there... It wouldn't have taken me fifty years, but isn't isn't time supposed to sort of catch up with me so that the outside time from my own time frame has gone fifty years? Because I know when we were in high school, Jessica Beale was older than us when she was on Seventh Heaven, <laughs> but now on Wikipedia she's younger than us, and I was wondering how that Ouch. was possible. That was something that I used to think that it would violate causality to go fast in the speed of light. I just want to know if Jessica actually. Beale is an alien or not. Yeah. Have you seen her? 
tweeted us <laughs> alien <laughs> all right okay oh from at mayor bill de blasio what's up dude hey i voted for you yeah me too i saw you in starbucks one time you're very tall um <laughs> wait he's not tall he's grande or venti <laughs> shit shit <laughs> fuck i was also only in there to use the bathroom <laughs> Just like just, a fucking homeless person. You should have gotten like a Starbucks cup and used it and been like written like mayor on it and put it up on the stand. And they're like, uh, Bill, Mr. Mayor, it's on the house. Uh, Hot diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. He's fine. I mean, he's better than Shroomberg, who The Rock has now murdered since we started this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. All hail President The Rock. You are president now. Um, so at Mayor de Blasio says, you seem to eat out a lot. What are your favorite restaurants in New York? Pass. Raph. Oh man. I don't know. My favorite restaurants yeah, in New York. Favorite questions are just hard. It's in really general. difficult. I mean like, what are some places you enjoy going? I really love, um, and I went there last night to pick up my, for my housewarming party, a uh, bunch of chicken, Peppa's jerk chicken, P E P P. P-E-P-P-A apostrophe S. Peppas. It's on Flatbush Avenue, just below Parkside in Flatbush, Brooklyn. And it's a jerk chicken place and it's a hole in the wall. And it is just super delicious. And uh, there's it's a free show every time you go too. Oh, cool. Like people are just like whiling out there Fuck all yeah. the time. Like last night there was like some guy who I think like didn't realize how much he ordered and he was drunk. And so he got like pissy about how much it was. And then he started like trying to boss the staff around and like telling them to put randoms like getting more for his money, like put, putting more stuff on his food. So we got like some fish sandwiches, like put put some onions on this. And like the, <laughs> the person in the back like put a single onion slice <laughs> on it and he got mad at them and like they started like yelling back and forth. Um, and I actually heard the cashier say to him, I've never heard this line before. What is the matter with you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> the sir at the end really made it. Yeah, that's my favorite restaurant in New York. Cool. Sounds really fun. Did you guys like the chicken? Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, it was really it good. Was, really it good was chicken. legit. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. So many things to choose from for like downtown. I don't know. Tacos from Tacombi, but that's been like blown up by basics. Um, it's super. Yeah. The Nolita Tacombi is pretty. Please. The bas- West Side basic, one is basic spotting. Worse. Yeah, which I don't know. Every time I find a place that I love, it if it's good and cheap, it gets completely destroyed by there people. There's no cheap in, around here. I don't know. Pho Bang is really cheap. Tacombi used to be super cheap. Um, yeah, I don't know. For French food, I used to love Lucian, but now, you know, even if you have a reservation, you have to wait like two hours, which is just a waste of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, Mayor de Blasio. I don't know why you fucking asked this stupid question. Yeah, stay far away from these places, please. Yeah, please. They're too, they're too, those ceilings are not high enough for you. Yeah. Great NY Noodle Town is fine. It's <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> it's fine. It's a place you like because it's been there. Yeah. I, I don't know. Good Malacone Chicken Uptown is really fucking yeah. incredible if we're talking about chicken places. All right. This question Groovy. needs to die. <laughs> um, Five senses. Oh, yeah, Five Senses, hardcore. Yeah, Carolyn and I went there is good. on Friday. I haven't been. Near my office, good oh, good go-to. So yeah. good. It's in K-Town. Fucking A. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of good places in K-Town. BCD Tofu House. BCD mm. Tofu House. Yeah, that's for really Oh, it's tasty stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're really good, yeah. Yeah. All right. From at Stopped Going Outside. Wait. What's your favorite version of the future, and what movie do you think presents the most compelling or plausible depiction those might be mutually exclusive yeah i don't think that they're the Wait, same say it again so w- what is your favorite version of the future and then what movie captures the most likely future <laughs> rap is all a boy and his dog yeah plausible i'm gonna have to just hang the one to a boy and his dog because that is just like <laughs> that we're on that path yeah we're gonna be <laughs> like living. screamers and everything it's just like that's, <laughs> i don't know how that works yeah it's like but we're gonna do that it's gonna happen like apocalyptic wasteland on the upstairs yeah, and then right. like 1950s totalitarian it's nightmare like it won't even be mad max because it won't even be like cool or fun in any way it'll just be very bad and boring and boring and weirdly fascistic underground yeah exactly oh god yeah yeah that's that's uh that's a plausible 
compelling. I mean, people have been making. I haven't really watched it, but people, I mean, like rewatched it. But people have been making like a strong case for uh, Star Trek being like a really beautiful utopia of the future where there's no want. Yeah. Right, right, right. Actually, I think probably that would be the ideal version of the future. Like if yeah, we they're find just, a way to... exploring and shit. That's like they don't need to do anything else. They don't have wars amongst the Federation anymore as far as I know. Well, And they, they talk that's about... That's not... Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, what were you going to say? I feel say? like not having want and no war is not the same thing. Well, right. but what would you want a war with people over? You're a, a human being with horrible DNA that's the process <laughs> of you know evolution and you're hardwired to want to corrupt pres- someone presumably yeah. all the dickheads have been expelled from the federation <laughs> yeah. and they're like we out s- there s- the, the sent them all to Boston and then right, shot right. it into space yeah, right. planet Boston hey who do you think you are fuck you yeah. oh, wait are we just talking about the federation or are we talking about like that universe no that universe, that universe. yeah yeah I mean, yeah, I, I think also like first it is of all, a ut- yeah. I think it is a utopian future, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. the best way I guess to we're enact, not talking about whether it's plausible. Like socialist utopia is to make a replicator, because then basically there's no object that anybody can own that other people can't own, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that that to me is like the beginning of an actual so- socialist wonderland. Is like okay, now basically ownership is you know democratized you, you know that if they invented that bezos be renting out those you'd have to like pay for like <laughs> every replica every ounce of replicator ration you know you get yeah you could someone could have more replicators than somebody else right but i assume you have that, to unlock, like, that would unlock, be unlock premium replication <laughs> it's like you can only replicate these sponsored brands such as cheetos <laughs> and popeye's asperger sandwich <laughs> i'm sure yes you're right that like human beings will find a way to fuck everything up and like yeah star trek doesn't have like instagrammers and like other there's a million ways that we can just be shitheads about having a utopia even in the face of like a perfect future where we don't have to worry about anything we end up with wally right have you guys not seen wally yeah i see wally yeah so like i think that Actually, I would say Wally probably is one of the most compelling visions of the future that I could see. It's just like humanity is a bunch of like just fat space garbage who like float around <laughs> drinking big gulps and like getting diabetes in space. Wow, you sound like your dad. So is Stephen Lack going to say AI is his most compelling future vision? Yeah. Uh, I don't. The, sex, the sexy man robot. Jigolo <laughs> Joe, the Jigolo and the little boy. My dad's love for that movie is mind blowing, and like I just, it's incomprehensible. I really can't begin to sort of. When I asked him about it, he was like, "This is a movie about abandonment and the destruction of families and culture." And I was just like, "Okay, obviously we saw two entirely different movies. Exactly. The one you saw was not the one anyone else saw." Like you're, this is why you're a visionary, right? Exactly. No, like it's like I guess the theater you're watching this in had a carbon <laughs> monoxide leak. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> like the visual effects are spectacular. The <laughs> six hours of complete blank screen <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> I don't know. In terms of plausible futures, Children of Men is pretty high on my list. Right. Just like that one felt. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I agree. Except yeah. for the uh, no babies bit. But other than that. Right, that's true. That's y- a big one. Well, there's any <laughs> yeah. number of different sort of like uh oh, no. advents that could Oh no. sort of set that advent s- calendar. <laughs> yeah. There's there's any number of different like crazy events that could set that world into motion. It didn't just have to be no babies. That was like the trigger, but I'm sure that yeah, there's a million no, I, other. I, yeah, I think that that's. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the election but, of Donald Trump for a second term. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, sure. I yeah. could see that being our fucking end game. I don't know. You're looking at me. Yeah, I'm looking at you because uh, Alan, because I have a smart it. guy. I know. No, I'm not. Um, right. I feel, yeah, plausible. Plausible. I think we're all in agreement that it's probably one of the post apocalyptic movies. It's just a matter of time, right? Um, yeah, I think Children of Men is like a pretty plausible. Like, I think that was like the point, right? They they really made a point of trying to make it plausible in a lot of ways. I mean, I think both Dune and Star Wars are pretty cool for conceptions of the future. Like, no. 
Pass. All right, cool. So <laughs> at Fallacious Phallus. Disgusting. Yeah, get a better handle. <laughs> um, what characters from sci-fi do you most identify with? Way to end your question with a preposition. <laughs> um, so it should be with what characters from sci-fi do you most identify? With whom from sci-fi do you most identify? Oh. In. In. <laughs> At. <laughs> um, all right. What with sci-fi characters okay. do you most identify? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should... Take, give this one to Sam first. I'm but just going to cut it like, legalize it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam most identifies with the captain from Dark Star. <laughs> <laughs> Sam most identifies with Pinback. <laughs> I identify with HAL 9000. <laughs> I think that just like, I get it. Yeah. I would do I'd, it too. That's a lot more of like Alan's identification, I thought. No, Alan no. is the is the lady robot from Ex Machina. No. Oh no. god damn it! I'm the tech billionaire from oh, Ex Machina. Yeah. Who gets killed course. by the lady robot? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I think I characters from sci-fi that I identify with super hard would be like Rico at the end of Starship Troopers. Is like a pretty. There's something about the way that maybe not in the the sort of propaganda video at the end, but when he meets doogie hauser or whatever I was on that say, planet i would be doogie hauser yeah i think we're all a little bit doogie hauser but like doogie he, hauser from the end where yeah, he's he, just like no he had a ferret so I, I oh yeah you did have pet ferrets i did there we go any of the characters from that movie at the end where it's just like oh this is the saddest darkest version of the world the scales have fallen from their eyes and they actually see how shit really is i think that as i get older the the more i identify with them but like as a younger person probably like paul muadib or luke skywalker or some like stupid wiener <laughs> tech billionaire alan tech billionaire from ex machina yeah yeah that sounds about right <laughs> i'm like no you know just you know you have a key card and it works on the doors that <laughs> it works on and it doesn't work on the doors that it doesn't work on and you don't have to worry about those yeah no, I just, you know, I want to build AI to make the world a better place. And The thing is, <laughs> AI has already made the world a better place through the magic of Steven Spielberg's filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> through the magic of, like, social network white supremacy. Right, through, like, yeah, the, the bot learning how to be racist. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, I'll, I'll handle this next one. Um, this is an interesting one. From at Basement Boy 1954, you talk about conspiracies a lot. What are your favorite conspiracy theories? See this person, smart. Yeah. Did not end their question in a preposition. <laughs> what are your favorite conspiracy theories with? <laughs> Lost time. Yeah, yeah. My perennial favorite. Oh, lost time. My lo yeah. lost time theory. It's just, it's really, it just makes me really happy for some reason that like, you know, Charlemagne or whoever the fuck did this was like, I want to be, you know, alive for the year 1000. So it's actually 300 years in the future. <laughs> and the Pope was like, okay, me too. <laughs> and they're like, it's, it's, it's year 1000. Everyone's like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I guess we have to change the dates. Uh, I hope we don't die in the apocalypse. And then China was just like, oh, I guess our timekeeping is wrong too. And India and Arabia were like, oops. Yeah, and the Mayan calendar. The Mayan calendar, yeah. But most importantly, Charlemagne. Yeah, so for listeners who don't know about lost time, basically that's the, the gist of it. It's not real. We didn't actually lose 300 years under Charlemagne. <laughs> oh, shit. Raph, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, I was bringing the mic to my mouth and I punched myself in the, in the face with the mic. Uh, tooth, yeah, yeah, lost time. That's lost a pretty tooth. good one. Lost tooth. Lost tooth. Uh, Alan, what do you got? I just want to tag one last thing onto that. Oh, yeah, Because, please. like, you know, I mean, people are aware of the Dark Ages and there is, the, like, a real gap in the uh, historical record for a lot of Western Europe and um, there's, like, you know, th seems to be, like, very little architecture or art from that period. Uh, and it's just like, you know, it's historians struggle to fill in the gaps. And this is like, what's the dumbest way we can possibly find to explain this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it didn't happen. Stupidest possible way. It didn't happen. <laughs> it was literally no, it was, it didn't, wasn't there. Made up. Which, sorry, I just, I really like that. No, please. Which is a, a conspiracy theory that I've been coming around to more. Like I like a lot it's more. It's also like low stakes. Of like, the, like, okay, so what? Like it's actually seventeen. It's actually seventeen nineteen right now. 
like any conspiracy of like X or Y didn't happen. Like like the Beatles never existed. Or like, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I mean, those are pretty wild ones. But anyway, yeah, Alan, what's what's yours? The Stevie Wonder's not blind. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> have you heard that one? No, I have not heard that one. That is psychotic. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. What What is their evidence? They're, it, it's very small, but it's... You know, there's a couple photos or videos where you can see that it seems like he's looking at things that are happening around <laughs> him. Like, so well, it's just a big conspiracy. He's actually never been blind. and To like help him sell records? I guess. Wow. <laughs> well, and actually, I guess for listeners of the show who don't know us personally, Alan and I once saw Stevie Wonder play Cleopatra's Needle on the Upper West Side when we were in high school. Yeah. Um in like early days of cell phone having somebody call. Did he wave at you from across the room? That's right. He's like, what's <laughs> hey, up? But that was a crazy, that was crazy. Yeah. So it was like, he just was eating there or something and then, or just hanging out there. And then they asked him, there was a band playing, right? Yeah. And they just, just asked him to come on stage. And he did. And he did. And he played. And then Sam, Sam, I think. It must have been messaged Sam. Messaged me and he said, I was like, uh, at the time, I was addicted to uh, like emulator games. <laughs> so I was playing like Sonic on my computer or something and then didn't really want to leave the house. And Sam had kept texting me like, hey, we're in your neighborhood. Come, you know, come hang out. And I was like, yeah, I'm busy. And then he messaged me like, Stevie Wonder is playing at this at the, at the I, restaurant we're at. Yeah. So I threw my clothes on and ran over. And while I was... um. While I was on my way, I was like, is this just a ploy to get me <laughs> to come out? But he was there and he played for a while. A while. Like, yeah. I feel like I got there 30 minutes after Sam texted me and he still played for like another 30 minutes after that. Yeah. You I know? was with you and I remember touching, this is so weird, the hem of his garment and his hand as he walked by our table on the way out. He was like shaking people's hands. Mm. And that was cool. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Um, yeah, my favorite conspiracy theory remains the Kennedy assassination because it's the center point of so many other conspiracy theories and there's so many different ways you can interpret it and there's never going to be a solution. I, I don't know. I love that about it. It's like an Ouroboros of question mark. Raph is, it's, Raph's like, it's not fucking know. funny. It's, it's not know. made by idiots. I don't know. I yeah, that's my favorite one is probably the the Kennedy assassination. I could listen to people talk about it all day. There's probably a podcast about it, right? I don't I mean, there probably is. I don't know that there's a particularly well-researched or satisfying one that I've seen, but I've heard that RFK killed JFK. Yeah, that is 100% <laughs> accurate. Um okay. At <laughs> JFK didn't actually kill himself. <laughs> he was assassinated at the That's real my conspiracy theory. <laughs> um at the real kanye westeros uh <laughs> is time travel possible uh. yes next question yeah so i think there's a few different ways that physicists think that time travel could be possible um but they don't seem to be possible in this universe like the laws of physics allow it but um, so one I already mentioned is going through a wormhole. A uh, wormhole can connect to distinct places in time. So you could go back in time through a wormhole, but it seems like you would need negative mass in order to hold a wormhole open for enough time to go through it. And we don't know, we've never seen negative mass anywhere in the universe. Um, so that one doesn't seem likely. Another one that I don't understand that well is that you could go around an infinitely long cylinder and somehow you would end up uh, back in time if you did that but it doesn't seem like there are any infinitely long cylinders in the universe and if it's just finite it doesn't work for some reason and then another one is if the entire universe is rotating you can also go back in time how does that one work run really fast in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> yeah like superman it's a solution to uh, einstein's equations i don't really understand it but it's a closed time-like curve which means that it's uh basically if you follow it um, through this universe, you'll end up back where you started. Uh, I think you, I mean, I think you probably need to go around the center of the universe or something. 
uh, that, that it's rotating around. Alan's presence on this podcast is like laying gold flake on top of like <laughs> a day-old half-eaten Subway sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's good, admirable. Like it's with the, the tweezers, biggest like compliment I've ever got. So yeah, so there are there are ways that it seems like you can time travel, but they don't seem to be possible in this universe. Yeah, reasonable. It's um, got to move to a different universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> move to Suffolk County. <laughs> Time travel back to Mangiano's when it was good. <laughs> oh, God. All right. At Twin Peaks number one fan. <laughs> this is not accurate. <laughs> um, are there aliens and have they visited us? I'm going to just take that one and say no. No aliens? Okay. So, yes, there are aliens, obviously. Right, like well, just, things are. Yeah, I think they're not. Yeah, um, I think there are, but just given the sort of colossal distance between planets, the amount of energy needed to travel at approaching the speed of light, and the amount of time it would take you, sure, there might be species out there that could do that, but it seems pretty unlikely that they wouldn't have given some clue as to their ability universe has been around for a while yeah i think we're at like 14 billion years yeah yeah that's Get pretty there. old Get we're, there. Getting, we're about to have to turn 14 <laughs> join us for the 14 <laughs> year. we should have a 14 happy 14 billion <laughs> <laughs> that's what the, the holiday universe. that we're celebrating with these yeah. mail-in questions i swear to god if we should have a happy 14 billion birthday <laughs> universe episode don't we, l- don't let that opportunity pass by um yes there's a lot of time like too much time like even accounting for the unfathomable distances of the universe right well i tend to agree with with rap but the only caveat i would say is that we don't we don't actually know how big the the whole universe is like we know how big like the observable universe is but the you know there's the whole universe could be infinite or it could be you know billion times larger than like the observable one right so and parts beyond the observable universe no one could have ever reached us since the beginning of the universe so so there's like maximum two alien civilizations unless there's millions of them out there and they're just chilling with each other in the unobservable universe (laughs) in that neighborhood (laughs) oh man you can't sit with us I don't know. I mean, there's a dude, there's a dude named Jacques Vallée who talks a little bit about aliens as like a psychic phenomenon, not as a nuts and bolts physical reality. And I haven't done a ton of research on it, but like that seems slightly more, not likely, but like if there was a way that humans were in contact with a species from another galaxy, that's the only way that seems feasible to me physically, right? Is that it's some there's some mechanism that is not within our current realm of comprehension. So my, okay. Cool. Speaking Do of I method, sound like speaking, a complete fucking of, ape? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, Mr. Orangutan. Okay. So chariot spe- to the gods, man. Speaking of nuts and bolts, how come when they, de- when people depict aliens, they're always naked, but they don't have any genitals. Do you think about this? Victorian shame. <laughs> <laughs> like they've evolved past genitalia or the yeah. genitalia are like retractable. I mean, maybe the whole picture is the genitalia, man. I don't know. Maybe your conception of genitals are, is limited. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, sorry. I'm the prude. Excuse me. Sorry, Twitter. <laughs> Aliens don't exist and get a fucking life. Um... Yeah, take no, that. No, Twin no. Twin Peaks number one fan. Yeah, they Twin Peaks <laughs> number two fan. <laughs> yeah, right. They, totally real no, stupid account. They but, might exist, you know, far far away, I think. We just don't know how big the universe... I think that's the issue, right? We don't know how big the, the full universe is. could be that almost 100% of the universe is so far away that no one could ever have gotten to us, right? Yeah. There, there could be plenty of aliens out there, I think. There also could be some aliens close to us that just like are not anywhere near Don't able like us. to to, to or travel are so able that they are disguising their well no, no. I, I I no I think no. that's less likely agree <laughs> because some of them wouldn't 
I feel like wouldn't do that and then they would come visit us, you know. Unless they already Let have presence be known presence be known. Well we didn't get into that, right? Is it yeah, they could be here living in like the hollow moon, they're the Rothschild family. I I could go on this shit all day. I know. We should have a separate episode. Some fucking David Ike. Yeah, for to throw it back to Kanye Westeros or whoever the fuck asked that question. It's like, yeah, go ahead and look up Children of the Matrix. That's pretty fucking amazing. I am me. I am free. Like any David Ike book for like conspiracy nonsense that's hilarious and worth your time, sort of. Um, yeah, any Rothschild conspiracy is kind of, I'm sort of down with. Um, my dad was just Good calling point. me to talk about fucking bohemian grove and like moloch worship and i was like listen dad wow your dad um <laughs> yeah I, I was like dad i'm on some <laughs> next level shit like you don't even want to know what i have <laughs> your dad is consuming some interesting uh media yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and completely metabolizing it perfectly um <laughs> whoa this is a weird one sextraterrestrial uh at sextraterrestrial no, no, no. So extraterrestrial. So extraterrestrial. So extraterrestrial. Is consciousness material and can a machine be conscious? Alan, this is your fucking wheelhouse, baby. I think it's consciousness is probably material and a machine can be conscious. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Can you explain? Well, but can you explain for listeners who would not really understand? Because like, what is a machine? <laughs> exactly what's a machine right i know it's i mean that's question it's a sam question if ever i heard one <laughs> what even is it man well i think you know if you believe that consciousness is material then you believe that a machine can it be conscious to go back for a second what is conscious what is con- what do we mean by consciousness it means that there is something that it's like to be that thing right so we say like a a bat is conscious because there's something that it's like to be the bat. But a rock is not conscious because there is nothing that it's like to be a rock. That's the basic idea. There's some internal experience of, yeah. a, of a conscious thing. Basically, I'm just a materialist. I mean, I, I think that everything so far that we've explained in the universe, we've explained through material means. It's it's something that is made of matter or the interaction of matter. And that's basically explains everything in our universe i don't think consciousness is somehow special for us it's just something that evolved in the process of evolution there is an argument people make like okay is it possible if we build an ai that's super smart is it possible for it to become conscious right and then if you believe consciousness is material it seems odd that you would say well you know consciousness can only that that thing that thing can never be conscious because it's like well, okay, but what's what's the big deal? What's the big difference, right? I mean, we're biological entities, and but so you can't make consciousness out of like a something made of silicon, for some reason. A mechanical entity. Yeah, like what you know what? There's no real fundamental difference at a physical level. Why wouldn't you be able to make something conscious there? Right? And yeah, I guess I mean David Chalmers argued that that consciousness yeah. is not material, right? That it's actually a force like magnetism. Yeah, well, he th- he think he's a panpsychist, which is not like something that he idea he created. It's like no, from it's, before him. But I mean, well, okay, it aligns pretty closely with Shinto. <laughs> sure, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, there are people who believe that, um, in- including him. I don't know if he believes it, but I think it's he's just says it's worth taking seriously, like the idea that consciousness is not just material; that um, there's something uh, else in the universe that um, is, is conscious and, and panpsychists believe that everything has some level of consciousness, right? Like even an electron has some level of consciousness. And then there's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have internal experience, but it has something where if you can organize these things in a certain way, then consciousness can appear out of all the little pieces of consciousness i guess in in each thing the argument for that is something like there's something called like a philosophical zombie which is this idea that uh, could you have a universe that was exactly like ours or a person who was exactly like you who was doing all the things that you were doing but not conscious right, right. basically a decision tree uh yeah i feel like you can you can make it with it with a decision tree basically i mean that that was the version of it that i yeah conceptualized when you start to think about consciousness really hard 
it starts to hurt your brain a bit and you start to believe crazy ideas like maybe maybe consciousness is not material but i ultimately i think we're missing something about when we think about what consciousness is and i think you can explain it with material uh yeah explanation yeah i'm gonna withhold judgment on that one until scientists have successfully sort of synthesized life from non-life like i think that that obviously there's a difference between like an way like created like an artificial like virus or amoeba or created consciousness well let's start with life from non-life in some way right yeah sure an amoeba uh, a whatever single-celled organism something very simple along those lines and then i i don't know I, I feel like those two things are somehow related obviously i don't quite know how i think they're unrelated i i know i mean most people think that they're unrelated right but i maybe to me i, I think there there's some thread between the two and i think without understanding first how to synthesize life from non-life, how could you think of synthesizing consciousness from non-consciousness? I think the two things are very so linked, but we'll I don't quite know how. wait until scientists uh, synthesize a single-celled organism or pre, not even celled, a pre-celled organism. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. Um, then we'll wait 4 billion years and once it evolves consciousness, then we'll see. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Oh I don't know, Raph, what do you think? I'm withholding. I don't know. I don't have I've been getting this thought in a while, so I don't know. All right. So we got a few specific questions before we wrap it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hit that high note. Okay, we got some let's see, what do we got? I got another one here. You used to work for Bloomberg. What was it like? What did you learn? And what did you do for him? That's for me? Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I didn't work for Bloomberg. I think he was like, you know, he's he's a good manager. He really brought a good, strong management ethic uh, to his management. And he managed really well. <laughs> and he rezoned a bunch of stuff. Though it was a little weird one time. I did actually, I it was a little awkward um, because I was in the bathroom. And he came in to the bathroom and I was at the urinal. And he went into a stall. Before he did that, he took out a big crazy straw and i heard him drink the entire <laughs> contents of the toilet bowl and i was like this is kind of weird does he do this a lot um he's also pretty short so i don't know i mean like it's take it take it or leave it i mean he really helped revitalize new york and see us through uh you know see us through the recession and uh, uh, yeah he's a, a jewish he's a jewish businessman it's a big plus um and but he drinks toilet water so i don't know i don't know um, you gotta really balance out that ticket with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> who does not drink from toilets, as far as I know. Oh uh, God. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not seeing too many other ones. We've got a Would you rather? Would you rather live in Waterworld or Thunderdome? I think Thunderdome. I I I, I can't really swim. Yeah, you know fair enough. No, no, I knew that. Yeah. I mean, I saw the lifeguard sort of saving you in Cancun. <laughs> Conspiracy theory out there. <laughs> Alan Sussman has been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Sussman never existed. Yeah, this is the clone. Uh, Asher, uh, I think there was like some questions for you too. It's Are like, you actually Shinto? That's that's one I've been, <laughs> that's one I've been getting. Uh, yeah. Am I actually Shinto? The answer is soft, maybe. You I'm have, working on it. You, uh, uh, Yeah, you got a couple... Um, I... I do think about my ancestors a lot. Yeah. I look at Gates. I try to think about the spirits that have made my life more positive and live in harmony with them, the dust in my apartment and <laughs> so forth. I do have two Shinto prayer animals in my house. Mm-hmm. And um, I did ask a Shinto person some questions yesterday, which they oh. were very kindly answering. Wait, for me. You, this on some mailing list? What? No, no, at Raph's party. She basically was like, yeah, you should write down your wishes for people on a piece of paper and then either burn it or put it in water or something. I can't remember. Yeah, she's cool. You, t- you tie it to stuff. You tie it to like... Uh, Wait, good. so Raph, would you rather live in Waterworld or Thunderdome? Uh, Waterworld seemed pretty gross, to be honest. Am I the only one who wants to live in fucking Waterworld? You guys. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, Waterworld? Why was Waterworld grosser than Thunderdome? Because they, they had that like gross pit. <laughs> festering stuff wait yeah, it was so a pit just, of oil right no it was no, like doo-doo slime yeah, yeah. it was pretty horrifying yeah it was a pit of gross stank 
Um, cool. All right. Okay, I got one. Oh. What is your dream Gigi Allen collaboration? <laughs> I'd like to see him take Garfunkel's place. Simon <laughs> and <laughs> Simon and Allen. Gigi and Garfunkel. Like I'd love a bridge <laughs> over trouble. <Fighting> you scum. <laughs> Troubled common blood. <laughs> um Let's see. Okay, so why don't we close it out with at Bread's Bakery. Hey, cool. All right. Um, sponsor for the show. Your fave. Yeah, my fave. They sponsor us. They send us free. Free Babkas. Yeah. What movies do you guys want to cover in the next season? In the next season? I mean, in the next, after you get this season. I see. I don't know. I see. Um, yeah. I mean, who knows what they meant? Yeah, who knows what they meant, really? It's not like we wrote these questions. <laughs> I can say, who can tell what the future holds? I'd like to do 2001, Logan's Run, Dark City. Those are those are some movies I'd like to do. I want to do more like hard sci-fi. Yeah. You know? Primer. Primer. Others. Uh, Ghost, in, Ghost in the Shell. Cool. Like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, and Dune. Raph, what do you got? This all sounds good to me. All right, should we peace out on that on that note? Yeah. Guys, have a happy holidays. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks we're not for doing making the show rad. No, I think we're cool. Do, I mean, do you guys want to do endorsements? We can. I don't have, yeah. any. I don't have anything. <laughs> All right, yeah. Thanks for tuning into the show, guys. Um, until next time, happy holidays or yeah. Thanksgiving, depending on when we release this episode. <laughs> All right, bye.